0: All right, so you believe. You believe that there is a such a thing as light, yeah? You believe in light, right? We see, we see light. Whether flowing from the sun or any other luminous body, but you cannot comprehend either its nature or the manner wherein it flows. Like, how does light move from Jupiter to the earth in eight minutes, 200,000 miles In a moment, how do the rays of the candles behind me, brought into the room, instantly disperse into every corner? Again, there's three candles, yet there is but one light that's filling the room. Explain this to me, and I'll explain to you the three-in-one God. Uh, This is, that was actually from a sermon back in the early 18th century. Early 18th century preached by, uh, by Reverend John Wesley. Um, and perhaps science can explain some of these light questions that he kind of raised 300 years ago. Maybe science has progressed enough to understand some of these light types of things he brings up. But yet all these years later, we're still wrestling with how to explain what Wesley calls the three-in-one God. Let's pray and then we'll dig in. Heavenly Father, Christ Jesus and Holy, Holy, Holy Spirit, we bring our whole selves before you this morning. We bring our whole hearts and minds and souls before you as we attempt to explore, to celebrate, and to even slightly understand this mystery of our three-in-one one in Three, God. Father, Son, and and Spirit, we know that our human language will inevitably fail us. And so instead of us being able to fully explain with every single detail perfect, can you just allow us to reside in that relationship that Father, Son, and Spirit have within each other? And through Christ's atonement on the cross, now we get to enjoy with you in the heavenly realms. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. All right, so we are at the end. This is the last of three weeks. We're in what we've been calling a trifecta of mysteries. The Easter season is transitioning, right? We went from Easter, this whole season of resurrection and new hope, and it's ending now with these trifecta of mysteries, right? The Ascension, a few weeks back. Last week, Pentecost, where the Spirit was poured out amongst the earlier church, and today we wrap up this three-week span with what's known as the Feast of the Holy Trinity. Fun fact, the Feast of the Holy Trinity is the only festival in the church calendar that centers around a theological doctrine rather than a event, per se. Right? Like, we're not celebrating Christmas, Christ being born, or, or, or Good Friday, Christ dying, or resurrection, but rather we're celebrating a doctrine, a teaching that we've received through the 66 books that we call the Bible concerning the author of life, the entity that we call God. God. And we're doing this as divinely inspired authors have named this God Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In that same quote that I read to start this sermon, from that sermon of John Wesley from 300-something years ago, he says this. He says, the Trinity is the doctrine that lies at the heart of our Christ-centered faith. Think about that. The Trinity, the three and one, the one and three, the three and one, he says, lies at the heart of our Christ-centered faith. Basically, what he's saying is that the Trinity unveils, defines and safeguards all this that we do. Everything that we do, everything that we're about can be traced back to this community that Father, Son, and Spirit have within itself. That's why every Sunday really is Trinity Sunday. Uh, How many times, me and Andrew were talking this week, and, uh, and I think I counted like seven times throughout the service, five to seven times where we invoke the name of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, from beginning all the way till... End. And so instead of attempting just to put on some human analogies and language, I want to dig into a text that I believe does a really good job all by itself. Maybe not on this side of eternity. We'll understand fully what John's speaking of here. But let's dig into John. Uh, it's First John uh, chapter 5. Okay, So we're going to be in 1 John chapter 5. It's what's, what, what you see on the screen behind me in verses 6, 7, and 8. And I think John does perhaps one of the best jobs in talking about the Trinity God three in one. As a matter of fact, the word Trinity doesn't even appear anywhere in the 66 books, but rather, like I said, it's, a, it, it, it's what people have been naming this God as inspired by the Holy Spirit over the years. And so let's start right here in John chapter, uh, 1 John 5, 6, where John writes, This is the one. John's referring here to verse 5. If you look back at verse 5, he's talking about Jesus, Jesus, the, 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 the Son of God. So this is the one having come from one place to another, right? So Christ coming from one place to another by water and by blood. And he names this Jesus Christos, Jesus Christ. He says not merely, merely by udate water, but also by udate water and by the amati the blood. And he says it's the numa the wind the breath and the spirit is the one that is martyrun the martyrun the martyring the one who is martyring or bearing witness to something at all costs. That's what a martyr is. A martyr is is, is one who is willing to bear witness to something at all costs. And so John is saying here that there is a God who is in the heavenly realms, who is martyring, bearing witness at all costs. And he says, because the pneuma, right, the pneuma, that spirit, the wind and the breath, is the truth. And this word here really is truth as reality. As in, there is only one truth, there is only one reality in which we actually dwell. And so in this one thought, this one sentence really from John, this writer, we see him talking about water. We see him talking about blood. And we see him talking about spirit. And so let's break it down uh, just, 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 just really quickly here for just about two seconds here. Um, when we see him talking about water, think of Christ as living water, okay? We see this in, 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 in the New Testament, Christ as living water, water as in that eternal current of water, yeah, that eternal current of water that is constantly flowing in and out of the lives of everything, the life of everything. It's that place where the creator dwells. We talked about this in, in Ascension. It's God's space. And then most likely in an attempt to combat Gnostic attempts at hijacking the faith. If, we want to get, if you want to get into that with me mean later, we can talk about Gnostic attempts at hijacking the faith. But he says not just water. So it's not, you know, Christ wasn't, it's not just eternal. But also John now unites this living water, this eternal current with flesh and, did you hear the word he said, and blood. Blood as being temporal or temporary. So we have the eternal Christ in the flesh, right? We call that incarnation, incarnate, in meat, the flesh and blood of Jesus the Son. And then he goes on and says, because of this, it's that pneuma. The way we know this is because the pneuma, the spirit, the breath of God, testifies because the spirit is truth, in reality. That the the Spirit is reality itself and reveals reality. And then he continues here in verse 7. So now we're going into verse 7. He says, because the reason being, and here's where we're getting into this Trinitarian verbiage, the reason being there are trace three martyrs. There are three who bear witness In the Urano. We've been talking about the Urano a lot the last couple weeks, right? The earth's covering. The sky, the atmosphere. But John seems to be alluding here to the Judaic revelation of God's presence as being heaven, right? In, In heaven, that place where God dwells. God's space. And so John is saying all this above is possible. The truth testifies to this because... There are three who bear witness, right? Trace who bear witness. These being, we're still in verse seven, the pater, the father, the logos, the word. Now, think John in his first writing in the Gospel of John. Uh, many scholars agree that this is the same writer as the Gospel of John. He writes that the eternal word of God became flesh and made its dwelling. Among us. So we have the Pater, the Father, the Lagos, the Son, and he says the Agion Numa, that holy, set apart, sacred wind, breath, and spirit we've been talking about these last three weeks. And he says, these, the three, the trace, are one. He doesn't say that they're acting as one, not that they're coming together as one, but this word, AC, are one. They exist, exist together as one and then we go back full circle this is our last verse for the morning verse eight where John says that pneuma the one that testifies to reality testifies to truth the wind the spirit the breath and now the water and now the blood these three are one he doubles down on this these three are one as in reality revealed right truth the spirit the very spirit and breath of god because what else could be true but the divine author of everything that we know his spirit testifies to the oneness that is three in one yet also one in three it's the three and one if you will the whole the entirety all existing outside of time and space. Track with me here. I'll try to go slow. All existing outside of time and space, as eternal, as the eternal living current of water, yet exists as the flesh and blood that breaks through time and space in eternity, flesh that was actually pierced and flesh that bled and was poured out on the cross. All this put together for the atonement, the at-one-ment of creation. You see, this is the heart of the gospel. The heart of the gospel is bringing humanity back into that at-one-ment, that atonement, that at-oneness that Father, Son, and Spirit get to enjoy permanently in eternity for all time. That's the gospel. And so this is a lot to sift through. I want to keep it kind of as simple as we can this morning. This three in one and one in three and three and one truth in reality as expressed outside of time and space, but yet intersects in flesh and blood in time and space. And so what I want to do now is I want to go from our head to our heart. Um, we have done this the last two years, maybe even three years, I believe, on Trinity Sunday, the festival of the Holy Trinity. Uh, we're going to use the sign of the cross as a meditation this morning. It's a meditation that I first heard uh, written by a, a Jesuit priest, Father Michael Sparrow. Uh, I was at a retreat center a couple years ago, and, and, and we did this, uh, this meditation. And and if you've been around any time at Regen, or if you've been to some other churches, you may see at times people doing what what we would call as the sign of the cross, right? You know, forehead, Father, Sacred Heart, chest, Son, Holy on the left shoulder, and 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 Spirit on on the right. Um, Just think of this as another expression, another prayer posture, right? You know, some some people like to raise hands while praying. Some people want to fold your hands while you pray. Some people want to be on their knees. There's lots of different ways, genuflecting. There's lots of different ways that we can pray using our body. And so the sign of the cross in in a worship setting, when we invoke the Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit, is just another way to pray with our bodies. The earliest record would actually be Tertullian in the early third century um, of using the sign of the cross. And so if you're willing to stretch a bit, I'd like to invite you into this meditation this morning. I'd like to invite you to invite God to come into your mind, your heart, your past, and your, and your future. As always, you can do this with your eyes open or your eyes shut. I'll guide you. And uh, try to put away whatever distractions may be kind of pulling you down right now. Maybe it's even something that you're physically holding in your hands if you have your Bible open or or, or your phone or, or something like that. And simply notice your breath as we, as we so often do. Breathe in the blessings and the love of God and exhale any of the anxiety, the worries, the stress, anything you might be carrying with you this morning. You see, God's desire is for us to His desire is to recreate us over and over and over again. More fully, each and every moment in his likeness and image, and and, in the image and the likeness in which we were created. God said, let us make humans in our image, in our three. Father, Son, and Spirit. And so may your prayer this morning be as simple as where your hand is placed, and your breathing. It's so not like to invite you to take your right hand. You can take your left hand if you're a lefty, if that's easier for you. It doesn't matter which hand it is. Take your right hand and place it at the center of your forehead. As we pray in the name of our Creator God, as we pray in the name that Jesus calls Abba, Papa, Father, we pray that all the functions of our mind that our will and our intellect, our memory and our imagination, all that swirls in our brains might be dedicated to our Abba, our Papa, our Father who art in the heavens. Make sure you continue to breathe inhale all that is good all that is god all that is of your papa your father inhale all that is light and love and exhale all that is not of god as we contemplate god as author of life god our father Take out your right hand, shake it out, and now place it in the center of your chest, that sacred heart. As we pray in the name of the Son, as we pray in the name of the sacred heart that once was wounded, that heart of love that is the eternal Christ, as we pray in the name of Jesus, And we pray that we may be Christians, not just in our head, little Christs, but also in our hearts and in every fiber of our being. With your inner eye, the inner eye of your heart, look inside and see how your heart is doing lately. Does your heart feel alive? Is it beating? Is it strong? Or perhaps it's cold, cold as ice or hard as stone. Maybe your heart is hanging together by a thread this morning, about to break. Or maybe it's alive and active and ready to martyr, to witness. Wherever your heart is, it's the one heart you have. And no matter where your heart is, it's that same heart that Jesus invites and says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Breathe in the blessing that is Christ Jesus. And as you exhale, let go of whatever is not of God. As we contemplate God as sacred as the heartbeat and ethos of all that we do. shake out your right hand place it on your left shoulder as we pray in the name of the holy, holy, holy where we claim our past the deeds we are proud of and the deeds we are ashamed of and we acknowledge that God makes all things work to the good And that there's nothing we have done, nothing that has been done to us that cannot be turned around and made a channel of blessing, a source of grace for the holiness of our life. And as we contemplate the holy, the sacred, the set apart, what is it that you're proud of? Surrender it to the Lord. What are you ashamed of? Surrender that to the Lord. Breathe in the blessing. And as you exhale, give over all to the holiness of our God. shake out your hand again and now place it on your right shoulder and if you do it the right way this is the hardest of the positions Um, physically the hardest but it's also one that involves the unknown perhaps our hardest our tomorrow our future and as we pray in the name of the spirit the wind the breath of God we look forward to our future unafraid and confident that if we live a long life or a short one, if we live in honor or shame or sickness or in health, we pray that God's blessing, that God's spirit would abide. Christ promises, I will not leave you behind. This was last week. My spirit will guide you as we face our future with less fear and more hope. Breathe in the blessing and exhale the fear as we contemplate our God as wind breath and the spirit of life. Now shake out your hand for the final time. And now use whatever prayer posture is more comfortable for you, the most comfortable for you, as we pray to the God beyond us, to the God of power and of mystery, the God of wonder and surprise, the God that Jesus called Abba, Papa, Father, the God who loves us more freely and fully than any earthly father or mother could ever love us, And we pray in the name of the Son, in the name of the Christ who calls us his body, who dwells among us his body, where two or three gather in his name. And as we pray in the name of the Holy, the Holy, the Holy Spirit, who dwells in each and every one of us, in the heart of that deep sanctuary, of our soul. Abba, Father, Son Jesus, and Holy, Holy, Holy Spirit, even as we pray together, our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts just as we forgive those who are indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever.